Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Andy Colleen, who is a life and mindset coach for corporate millennials. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, I would love to. So I'm Andy. I am a life and mindset coach for corporate millennials, as you just said. And in terms of for what I'd like to do for fun, I absolutely love to be outside. I moved to Colorado just over a year ago, kind of on a whim. And I have totally taken to all of the like access to the outdoors, whether it be hiking or skiing, snowboarding, all of the things. And then if it's not outside, if it's not nature, I am a huge writing nerd. I love to write. I love to kind of spend some time being creative and being by myself. So those are definitely like the hobbies that I tend to lean to if I have a choice. Oh, I love it. Writing. Do you have any books out? No books, but that's definitely on the list. Right now it's more like blogs and articles for other blogs and ghostwriting and stuff like that. Gotcha. Ghostwriting. That's so cool. Awesome. Uh, If you were to write a book, what would the topic be? Oh, it would a hundred percent be, I don't know if it would be life lessons for like your twenties or your millennial, like the like millennial generation right now, but it would be something more like brain related, like kind of like how you can emphasize on taking advantage of your like subconscious brain and how you can use it to your advantage to make stuff happen in your life. I love that. I love that. I'm looking forward to that book when it comes out. I'll keep you posted. (laughs) Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your motivation for being a life and mindset coach. Yeah, for sure. So a little while ago, a couple of years ago, I was actually working in a corporate career and I had worked really, really hard to get there. It was kind of my dream job per se. And when I was there, I just realized very quickly that it was so much different than anything I had imagined. And it really didn't solve any of the problems inside me. And I realized in the moments that I was there that I had no idea what I wanted to do next because I had never even considered anything other than the traditional path. And I realized I had a hard time figuring out like what is bigger than just my like first dream, which was the corporate dream. So I would say my motivation now is really helping get other people to see what's capable for themselves and in them life and then and in their life, because there's like so much else out there, but a lot of times we're not given the freedom and like we're not able to practice seeing what else is out there and what bigger thing we can actually be shooting for we because we have such like a narrow perception of what we can be capable of in life. So I want to help other people kind of see that for themselves. So when they find themselves in those situations, they can go ahead and like, just make other things happen and see what else they're capable of. Absolutely. I love that. What would you say is some of the, one of the first things that people can do to really widen their narrow perspective to start understanding what they're capable of? Yeah, I would say self-awareness is huge and not self-awareness in the traditional sense. I think we like to preach 
the typical self-awareness habits of journaling and meditating and all of those things. But I think having the outside perspective from someone, whether it be a friend who really is kind of familiar with how the brain works or a therapist or a coach gives you kind of an insight into the programs we run in our brain that have at this point become habitual. So a lot of the ways that people live nowadays are actually habits, not personalities. Um, and so there are things we can change, but in order to realize that what you believe is truth might not be truth and it might actually be hindering you, you kind of need that outside perspective. And so for anyone that is kind of feeling like narrow-minded or frustrated with where they're at right now, I usually tell them they need to get kind of that outside perspective or even look internally on their own, but really be able to pick out the patterns and the stories they're telling themselves that aren't necessarily true so that they can start to kind of uncover them, get rid of them, and then put more empowering beliefs and stories in their place and see what their like whole realm of opportunities are. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome. Let's jump into your dreams and goals. What are some of the visions that you have for your life and your coaching business? Definitely many, many dreams. So I'm really excited about that. I'd say first and foremost, for me, the actual original reason that I created the business, yes, in a huge way is to help people, but also it's to help myself. And I think the major dream that I'm chasing is to create kind of an ultimate freedom for myself in every way. So that is being able to like go and spend my time how I want to spend my time, have no cap or no limit on how much money I can make or the way I can make it where I need to be and who I need to be with and how I feel when I'm doing all of those different things. And so a full freedom lifestyle is something I've definitely been chasing for a while and just am slowly piecing together as I go. And the coaching business does kind of feed into that, but other just life dreams, I would, I'd say like the next big one for me is to have a family in the future. And I know that's such a simple thing, but I know it's something that so many people aren't actually able to do when they want to do it. And so I think for me, that's a huge dream of just being able to have a family and raise a family that actually like is healthy and happy and like is able to kind of go after what they want. So those are two huge dreams personal wise. And then the last one is on like the personal life side. I have always been one of those people who's just kind of known things about myself, like known things that will happen at one point. I just don't know when they're going to happen. And I'd say the last big one that I've had for probably like two decades now is that I really want to go to Argentina and spend an extended period of time there, just living there and experiencing the culture. I've never been to South America, but I have traveled and been lucky enough to travel a lot in my life. And spending an extended period of time in Argentina has been like this weird like country that has always just stuck out to me since I can remember. And so I would love to spend an extended amount of time there. So on the personal life side, it's definitely chasing that kind of freedom, family, travel, all of those things, which to me sounds so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And on the business side, I believe I saw something about a bakery <laughs> yeah, that is a hundred percent on there. I feel like the thing that like has always like been mind boggling to me, especially after I started to open up my perspective is that I always almost thought like, almost like only thought you can make a consistent amount of money and be stable and like, be like, quote unquote, successful if you were working for someone else. And so kind of like learning more about the entrepreneurial side of things and looking at like, 
all the little ways you could bring money in made me really excited as I started to kind of expand my like mindset because I love to bake and I absolutely love coffee. And so I really hope that at one point in my life, the dream that I want to have is that one of my sources of income is having a bakery with coffee from around the world and like sourcing that coffee from local coffee producers for the different countries that I have been to. So like a lot of the countries that we go to different, like coffee is a pretty common thing, like all over the world, which is really cool. And a lot of the different countries serve coffee in different ways. So where Italy is known for like an espresso and that kind of grind in Vietnam, they have like a Vietnamese type of coffee drink. And it's the same for almost everywhere around the world. So I've always wanted to kind of go and collect those coffee drinks and the beans from different like smaller sources and then create like a bakery and coffee shop of sorts and kind of have it be my passion project. So definitely part business, but like a hundred percent passion as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Are there any other little dreams or goals that you want to mention? Oh yeah, for sure. So I, just told you how much I love to write. And I definitely would love to write a book. Um, I'd love to write many books, to be very honest. Writing has become such a therapeutic like source for me. And I feel like it's a skill that I've worked really hard to develop because I am not, I would say like all of growing up, I was always told you're a math and science person. So I never even tried to write. I would like fail my essays and almost just like knew I would like fail them because I told myself I sucked. And in this like last chapter of my life, I've really learned that I love writing and like kind of been able to develop the skills. So I'd love to write a book or books. I also love personal speaking and public speaking. And so I would love to speak on stages all about the topics of neuro-linguistic programming and kind of being able to take like, take control of what's going on in your head and the story you're telling yourself. And I would say a huge goal in developing the business, the coaching business that I've been working on right now is to be able to start to bring that information to younger schools and like kind of start to share it with people and like children who are growing up where they're in that period of their life where that programming and those beliefs that are coming in are actually being developed. So the things that we all struggle with as 20 something, 30 something, 40 something, 50 something year olds and beyond, those are mostly predominantly developed between the ages of zero to eight. And so I would love to find a way where I can start to go into schools and help kids kind of start to understand that programming on their level so they can start to do stuff at a very young age that makes sense to them and allows them to not feel the level of stuckness that a lot of us feel when we start to enter into like the real world and kind of feel lost and not like knowing what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So writing books, some of which will be about NLP, I'm sure some of which will be about a lot of other things and then going into schools and actually like working with kids. Now, do you see yourself like teaching a gymnasium full of kids, a classroom full of kids, or would it be more one-on-one interaction? I think it would be starting small and doing the kind of one-on-one or small classroom just to like pressure test because all of these methods and like things that I've learned in the last couple of years, I know they work with adults. Like I've seen how they work. I've kind of tailored my own method and all of that. But when it comes to kids, kids learn differently. And so I would love to kind of start small and do the same thing where you almost start with one and then a classroom and you see what works into kind of training other like teachers to start to like learn to put those methods into their classrooms overall. So I know I can't necessarily teach every single kid, but it would be great to kind of start to spread those lessons, not only to like 
the kids, but to the adults that teach the kids. So it just becomes a little bit more ingrained and intuitive in our culture. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you can help me. We can go at it together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking about that when I was saying, I love that. (laughs) I'll make sure I hit you up. Don't worry. Sounds good. Sounds good. Any other dreams or goals that you want to throw out there for us? Oh, I think those are the big hitters. Those are the ones that mean a lot to me. I mean, of course I want a dog and I want to travel and I want to do a lot of other little things, but those are definitely those goals and dreams that I feel like I have been chasing and starting to develop for a while at this point. And so they're the, they're like the big stars in my life. Sounds good. Love it. Awesome. Well, what really caused you to take that plunge into coaching? Like you were at your corporate job, you were at your dream job. How long were you sitting there in that kind of like dissatisfaction with your life? And then what was the thing that like made you go for it? Yeah, I would say that's, it was a little while. It was definitely longer than I care to admit, but a lot less than I know a lot of people suffer in it. Um, I was there for like two years before I realized how I could kind of be more empowered while still in the job, because realistically, not all of us should be quitting our jobs, just like willy nilly here, that would not be great. And so I was lucky enough where I think I had gotten to the point in my corporate job while I was still there to realize something was wrong and that I didn't really have to accept what was going on as truth, but know that I was also not at the position to just leave at the drop of the hat. And so I would say it took me about a year after realizing that to kind of get to a good place with myself and get to a good place in the job where the job didn't sway how I felt about my life and what was possible. And I was able to start to kind of develop other things on my own. And it was about another six to eight months after that, that I woke up one day after really like kind of learning a lot about myself, but not knowing that coaching was what I wanted to go into, actually not being very familiar with the coaching industry at all. And just, I had a realization one day I had like woken up, it was over Christmas break. And I was just like, we had like gotten a week off between Christmas and new year's for um, the job I was at. And I woke up and I remember I was like journaling one morning and I just realized I'm like, I think I just need to quit my job. Like I just, this is it. Like it, it will always be a crutch that I lean on. Like I always will have an excuse that I need a little bit more money and I need a little bit more of this. And I need a little bit more security in that. And I think I had realized at that moment that I could make those excuses for the rest of my life. And the only thing that that would do would kind of give me that safety net that would prevent me from taking like actual action that I needed to figure out what was the next step for me. And so in doing that, that was like the first big act of self-trust that I had to walk myself through because I had to convince myself, not even convince myself, but just like truly start to believe that no matter what would happen if I quit my job, I could get myself back on a path that was okay if the worst case scenario happened. So worst case being, I run out of all my savings and haven't made any money. And if I knew that I can get back into like a good place with that, then there was really no reason I should stay at a career that I couldn't see myself being at in 10 years. Like I kind of felt like that was where I was looking, like the skills that the people five to 10 years in front of me had were just not the way that I wanted to develop my life. They weren't bad ways of developing. They just weren't where I was headed. And so after that, the first day I went back to work, I just put in my two weeks with really not a huge plan in front of me other than the trust that I would figure it out and like had at least a couple months backing to do that. And that was really when I like 
kind of took that step out of the career. So I was in a good place with my corporate job, knowing that, you know, this isn't my life and this isn't who I am. This is just a part of my life right now that I have control over. And then that next step was the big one where I was like, okay, let's take the plunge. And then coaching came shortly after that. I love that. That's awesome. And I love how you are honest about the fact that it wasn't like immediate and that it's longer than you care to admit because I'm still in that W-2. Like I have it and it's kind of the baseline for me while I'm getting the podcast up and some coaching stuff that I want to do. And um, man, <laughs> it, it's hard. It, it is hard. It's hard and it's humbling. It really hits me in the pride more than anything where I'm like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, For sure. There's actually um, a quote. I don't even know if it's a quote, but there's a concept that I really love. And it's the idea that a lot of times we have to kind of, especially in a more like entrepreneurial path or really with any dreams that we have, we have to kind of have faith because a dream by nature is something that we do not know will happen. And so when we're like chasing something and we really feel aligned to it, we kind of have to have like faith that where we're at is going to lead to something better. And a lot of times we like say faith is when we quit the job or we move across the country or we like do the crazy big action. But the concept that I love is that a lot of times the biggest source of faith is staying where you're at, that in like a place that you don't like and continuing to go in day in and day out, knowing that and trusting that that's going to lead to where you need to be later on. Because a lot of times we like to glamorize the big sources of faith or like the sexy ones where you like just quit your job on a whim. But like, that's not what faith always is. A lot of times the biggest source of faith is staying where you're at. And I love that concept because I feel like that's one that I really lived like firsthand. And I think it's one that a lot more people relate to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And um, it's definitely challenging to me because I'm like, I should quit my job right now. But, ready. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've found that for sure. And I do think it's something a lot of people relate to. So thank you for that too. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. If there were one or two people that you can meet right now, or one or two types of people that you can meet right now that would really help you take the next step towards, uh, let's pick two of your dreams or goals, say the speaking on stages about NLP and in schools about NLP. And getting you to the point where you can spend that extended time in Argentina, who would the people be and how would they help? Hmm, I think when it comes to schools, what I would really love to do is to, or like the type of person I would really love to meet and get to know. And I think they'd be able to help me a lot would be someone who's incredibly familiar with how the political side of the school system works, because I think there is so much red tape when it comes to introducing a concept that's like just genuinely helpful that we aren't always aware of when it comes to just like the normal public. Um, And that's in any industry, not just the school industry. That's just kind of how things work. And I would love to kind of get um, into the brain or pick the brain of someone who's really familiar with that, who feels aligned with the concepts of NLP and like just like the general motivation of helping children kind of just develop a better lives from the, like, or better foundation for themselves, for their lives and knows the ins and outs of what can happen, can't happen. And like kind of the ropes that would need to be going around. So I think that would be the first type of person for sure. 
because those are skills and those are things you can't necessarily research all the time. You almost need the person that has that backing. And then when it comes to a second person, I think something I would absolutely love to do, there's been a couple of, so I, I really started to align with public speaking when I first started to go to churches as more of like an adult. So like I grew up in a church and I grew up rather faithful, but I never actually questioned what my religion meant or what I actually was believing in. I was just by nature, a rule follower. So I was like, obviously this is what I believe. In college, I was given kind of a really difficult opportunity to realize and actually critically think about what I believed and what I didn't believe in, like kind of develop religion for myself, which was a really beautiful thing because I started to kind of go to a lot of churches. And this actually helped me because even though I didn't really agree with a lot of the concepts that I would go to, because I was going to a bunch of different places with friends and all of that, I do think that churches develop and a lot of religious organizations develop some really great public speakers who really know how to get a message across and like kind of combine purpose and text and their audience and like just the general way they deliver a message and captivate people and really rope them in. And I think seeing that I would love to get into kind of the space of talking to some of those public speakers, like the, like more church or like religious organization speakers, because the actual way they're crafting and delivering the message is working so strongly for some people. And that way of thinking and that way of speaking is something I would love to be able to start to lace in when I do my public speaking in the future. Gotcha. Gotcha. So is this ideal person somebody who speaks on a public platform like a church or in a church? Yeah. Like someone who is familiar with crafting their own message. And like the thing about churches that a lot of things like are a lot of times you don't really see with normal public speakers is a lot of times churches are not like they're putting out a different like message every single week. And so they're like having to like rewrite that in a very condensed period of time. It's not their same little spiel. And every single time those people that like, you usually can notice them. They're the people that are like delivering like hitter after hitter after hitter every single week where it's like clearly working for at least whatever audience they're trying to communicate to. And so I would love to get into the brain of like those actual people who are delivering those messages and developing them week after week, because that in my mind is like a craft, like that's a skill that they have fine-tuned and they have gotten. And I would love to be in that energy and kind of understand it a little bit more. I love that. I love that. Do you have any pastors or I don't know the other words for other people who speak in other types of churches? <laughs> I know I'm not super familiar with it. <laughs> but do you, do you have any characters in mind in your head? Yeah, the one that, so I used to live in Washington, D.C. when I was in my corporate job and his name is Ben Stewart. And he is just an incredible, like, I remember going to church there because I was having a really hard time at that um, career. And I remember like watching him speak being like, this is insane. Like I've never gone to a church and like really seen someone that captivating. And he started the church out there when I had first gotten to DC. And since then it's grown exponentially. And a lot of that is like testament to how he communicates in my mind. So I would love I would say like he would be probably the primary person that started to like, like capture me when it came to speaking in churches and all of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just curious, what role do you think authenticity plays in the, um, in how captivating a speaker is? 
everything. I think it's absolutely everything. I think that authenticity is also though very difficult for people to find because a lot of times when it comes to being authentic, we don't realize we're not being authentic. Like we don't understand who our authentic self is. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I went through like a major, like quarter life crisis, I would say like, that's, I think the best way to put it when like, I like people would ask me what I like to do or like what I liked or like, and I wouldn't have an opinion for myself. Like I didn't realize that I couldn't fully develop opinions that weren't based on the people around me, whether it was to like be more like them or be more different than them. And I think authenticity, like when you really start to learn like who you are and like separate yourself from everything going on, your authenticity actually drives the message and drives what you want to be able to say. And the more authentic you can be and the more you can communicate that, which is a very, like, you have to be very brave to do that. You know what I mean? Like you have to really put yourself out there if you're being authentic, because there are people that are by nature, not going to agree with you. I think that by doing that though, you really start to show your personality and that's what kind of hooks people in and really allows people to feel seen and heard and empowered to be themselves too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Have you ever heard that poem? by Marianne Williamson, I think is her name, or I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I'm almost positive it's a girl, but it's uh, Our Deepest Fear. I have. I absolutely love that poem. Yes. Great poem. And what you just said reminded me a lot of it. So if you guys haven't heard that poem and you're listening to this, make sure to go read it right now. Um, Awesome. Well, what is the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you take those next steps towards your dreams and goals? To help me or to help them? To help you. Oh, okay. That's a harder one. (laughs) I think that for that, I would say following me on like social media or just seeing the content I'm putting out as it's coming out. Hopefully I will be coming out with a podcast very soon. There's a lot of logistics behind that that are never my strong suit. And that's my first form of self-sabotage. Um, but the actual content I would love to be putting out very soon. And so I would say following and kind of just becoming more aware of NLP and all of that in general, I think is huge because yes, it helps me, but it also helps the dream overall, which is that more people are kind of getting down to that level when it comes to like kids and everything else. Um, So I would say a huge step would just be, yeah, like following me or other people that are teaching NLP and like starting to understand it for themselves and like kind of deliver that message to their children and the people in their life in the most simple way, like forward. I think just like having people start to really understand NLP and their brain and like true awareness and authenticity. I think all of those things, the more that we can each do that, the more that it's just going to create a ripple effect because right now we're not there. Overall, I think a lot of people struggle with it. And I feel like by having that be kind of a cause we're striving towards it by nature will kind of ripple effect into a lot of areas in our life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Have you ever read who, not how I haven't, I actually haven't even heard of that one. You should read it. It's a good book. (laughs) I'm going to write it down. Yeah. About it's so, you know how you just said that you're going to start a podcast, but it's not your the logistics is not your strong suit. It, yeah. It's like it talks to you about focusing on your genius zone, but then getting a bunch of who's around you where like maybe, so for you specifically, it would be like finding somebody whose genius zone is the logistics of a podcast 
to help you with that podcast. So like your genius zone might be creating the content around NLP by interviewing guests and putting out your own content. And that's all you worry about. You get somebody to worry about the logistics. You get somebody to worry about the editing. You get, you get somebody to worry about whatever else needs to go into a podcast. And then you have this show that you can crank out daily shows or like twice a day shows because you have so many people functioning in their genius genius zone. So it's not hard for them to do it. And so I like that. I'm going to have to read that one. Yeah, it's a great book. And I hope they explain it a little better. They will explain it a little better than I just did. And also they have a really good tip on procrastination in there. It's like when you're procrastinating on something, which also go to the book for this, because I'm about to butcher it. But the general idea was when you're procrastinating on something, you don't, there's something inside you that is rejecting doing that activity. And if there's something inside you that's rejecting doing that activity, it's either you don't know how to do it yet. So you're a little scared, or it's just not something you vibe with. Regardless, procrastination can be really good if you take the wisdom from it. And the wisdom you need to take from it is that you need to find a who to fill that activity in your life and either learn from them while you're procrastinating on that. So you get to the point where you're not, or it's something you just hate. And that who helps you out in your journey. And then you become the who for them to help them out in their journey. And then you guys create something beautiful together because you're functioning in your genius zones. I really love that. I've always learned about the um, procrastination in the form of, yes, you're rejecting something, but how do you fix it? And I love the idea of kind of bringing someone else into it because I haven't thought about it in that way before. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a bit, so many people, that our first thought is, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Yeah. And if you go to, well, who can I get that already knows how to do this, that loves to do it? It's like, things take such a shorter amount of time and they're more effective. Like maybe just kind of releasing that burden on yourself every once in a while. Like you don't always have to do everything, bring someone else in. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great book. And he's also like a business coach. So it applies to entrepreneurs and stuff. So anyway, uh, let's jump into our thriving three now. And so first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Favorite book. Other than this podcast. Obviously. Yes. Yes. That's why I'm going for a book. Yeah. (laughs) Favorite book. I would say at the moment or kind of all time book is it's called Love Does by Bob, by Bob Goff. Have you heard of it? Such a good book. It is such a good book. And I feel like it just puts a little, it's, it is religious by nature, but I think the life concepts it has is they're just so they take the seriousness out of things and they like have the perfect level of like lightheartedness and fun. Like life is meant to be fun and like the world is meant to be fun. And I think he does a really good job in a lot of short stories kind of portraying lessons and like ways of living that are just so much more empowering and exciting and happy than a lot of times we're told. Cause I feel like we live in that culture of like the grind and like push yourself and force it and like make it happen. And I feel like the way that he looks at it, he's getting stuff done and like wonderful things are happening in his life. But the motivation behind it is so much more like exciting and happy and empowering. And that's kind of the way that I strive to live my life too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love does revolutionize my perspective on love. Like before I read that book, I just thought it was a feeling. And then it's like, no, it's like action. Like love does things. And yeah. um, that's say my third, like the, the thing that's going to step further from me was I was reading first Corinthians 13, you know, it's such a classic love is this love is that I was like, love is like, 
it's not even just action like action is a huge part of it but it's like a state of being like you are like a person who loves like and are loved it just blew my mind we don't have to go on that on the podcast but that's what that book means to me <laughs> I love that I, I could definitely talk for way too long about this so we don't have to but yes I'm with you awesome what is one way you like to take care of yourself uh, definitely by moving my body and eating whole foods. I think not necessarily like forceful exercise or anything like that, but just making sure like fresh air movement and nourishing myself in a way that kind of prevents me from getting sick and stuff rather than has to come as like an afterthought. Love it. Love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to really push towards your dreams and goals? I think one action step that I'm about to take after this podcast is looking into the, wait, what's the book called? Who, Who, not how. Who, not how. I think I'm going to start to really take that into consideration and look into it because that's something that I can honestly say I have not leaned on enough. And so that's a big one for me. I'm going to look into that and you will definitely be hearing from me after this. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, I'd love to talk to you about it anytime. It's actually the thing that got me doing this podcast daily. Like I hired a VA and she made everything so much easier. Like <laughs> you would not be here right now, if not for her. And so she's just, wonderful. I love that. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, awesome. I have one last question for you. So it needs some pretext. You know how there are people in life who kind of have that fixed mindset and they're not willing to change accept change or accept help and sometimes they die like that and then sometimes they change and they change into a person who is willing to accept help has that growth mindset is willing to accept change and seek change what is the catalyst in your opinion that makes somebody change from that first state of not accepting help not accepting change to the second state of growth mindset accepting help accepting change it sounds so much simpler than it is, but I would say simply deciding it. I think we like to make things so complicated and we like to hope that there's like some magical word someone will tell us, some course we can take that's just gonna fix everything. Some like something we can add to ourselves that's like gonna basically make that switch easy. And at the end of the day, I truly believe that any of that type of thinking or any mindset to begin with is as simple as just choosing every single moment you make a decision to believe that and to like act in that way, especially when it comes to growth mindset, that's something that like, it's going to come up a lot. Like you could have a growth mindset in fitness, but you could have like have a very fixed mindset in your career or vice versa, or with like any other area of your life. And I think being able to just decide and see where you're at, like, this is the area that I do not have this mindset. And then getting over your ego and getting over the fact that things are going like making a mental switch is harder than just verbally saying it. And then taking that consistent action to decide in those moments that you are going to see things in a growth perspective. It's not easy, but it's definitely like as simple as just making a decision. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And what do you think are the things in life that really drive people to make that decision and how can we create an environment that helps people decide that more than not decide that? I think sadly, most people only get to that point when they're hitting a very big point of rock bottom in whatever that area is. So they're kind of at like a 
nowhere else to look, nowhere else to go. I am tired of feeling like this and whatever it is, your career, your body, like your health relationships, all of it. And I think that's usually why people end up making that switch is because they have nowhere else to turn. And they're like, I have to figure this out. I think making, I think there are so many little things we can start to do to create that like culture and that like kind of cultivation. And I think it starts with just like acting on it yourself, like showing people around. Cause usually the best way people learn and the best way people can like start to grow themselves is by seeing people around them do it. Like people learn by example, they don't really learn by being told anything. And so I think living it on your own and like just kind of encouraging other people to live it too is huge. And I think that's the other thing. It's like a lot of times the people that are preaching growth mindset and the people that are preaching that way of living, they either aren't doing it and they're just saying it too much or they're doing it and they're like, being heard, but they're like the Tony Robbins of the world. They're the like people that are so far away from the normal everyday person, no matter how amazing their stories are, someone who's in debt right now is going to have a hard time looking at Tony Robbins being like, I can be him one day. Mm -hmm. And so I think having more just normal, like people in different situations, whether it be like normal in your career or like, just like your relationships, your health, whatever it is, just having people in more areas of your life start to like exhibit and like um, embody a growth mindset. That's like the way that I think you can kind of set that up for the most people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. Thank you for that insight. My last follow-up question is you said people hit rock bottom and they make that decision. So what would you say about the people who hit rock bottom and then die at rock bottom? Like they never make the choice to change. Why do you think they do that? I think that people hit rock bottom and stay at rock bottom because they've been there for so long that that becomes habitual. Like that just becomes who they are. So there's like, when it comes to like your brain and like your mind and all of it, um, for anyone who doesn't understand it, your conscious brain makes up the things that you're aware of right now. And a lot of times we think that everything we're conscious of is who we are. It's our personality. It's what we do. It's who we are. And then anything we aren't conscious of, we're out of control. Like it's not in our control to change. And a lot of times what happens when people are living in like eternal, like negative emotional states or just like bad places is that we've just been like that for so long that your brain takes that from your conscious and it moves it to the subconscious, which means it's become just a like more ingrained piece of you. It doesn't mean it's not changeable, but it means that you're not aware that this is not normal. And so we live in these like kind of cycles of feeling like rock bottom is all we have. Like there's nothing better. We live in a cycle of fixed mindset. We live in a cycle of kind of not seeing that we can change and we make change out to be so much harder than it is. Like we make all of like, we make it in our brain out to be this big thing because our brain then gets comfortable with it. We get comfortable sitting where we're at and we don't really want to leave our comfort zone because in our brain, the comfort zone is safety and it's the known. So leaving rock bottom in your brain's eyes, if you're at a very bad place is leaving your comfort zone, which is danger, which means your body and your brain don't want to do that. It wants to keep you in a safe known place. And that means there's resistance. Like it means that anyone at rock bottom, like changing who you've kind of become habitually and changing something that your brain wants to keep you in, it's going to take a lot of work and resistance. And so 
when you're already at that place, it's really hard to kind of break out of that and see the possibility and see that it is as simple as just deciding it and taking action. But a lot of times it's hard for us to get out of it because that's how we've habitualized it. Like that's just who we've become and we don't think we can change. And so I think people that are stuck there and that people that don't keep going, which I think is very sadly, like the majority of people, they've kind of just started to use that as a way of coping and they haven't really seen the possibility and the opportunity and how simple it really is hard, but simple to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome. Andy, is there anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? Ooh, I don't think so. I feel like this has been so great. I love chat. I love chatting about the brain and like life and dreams and all of these things. So I feel like this is such an ideal way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, I agree. That's why I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Andy had to say, you want to talk with her more, get to know her a bit more, make sure to reach out to her on Instagram, her website, all of that will be in the show notes. Andy, do you have anything else you want to say to them? No, I think that's it. Just definitely, yeah, go follow me. If you have questions on anything, feel free to DM me. I love just chatting with people. And I think a lot of times this information is harder to get our hands on than we realize. And Sometimes you just want it to be put in your own words or in your own situation. So please feel free to just send me a DM or let me know what's going on. Sounds good. Also, when you contact her, make sure to bother her about the podcast and the books so that we get to read them and consume her content. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds good. As we always ask you guys, send this episode to one or two people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.